1: ask us if we know of somebody who can be their regular electrician where they could call for anything from a small job to something much larger, maybe a remodel. And so we certainly have referred people to Piper and Piper to them.
0: From residential, commercial, and industrial, Piper Electric can handle all of your electrical needs.
1: They've done actually everything from repairing a small wiring situation with a circuit breaker panel to Adding additional circuits, adding parking lighting. So, really, they have become a one stop shop for all of our needs.
0: If you call today and use the promo code BSN, you will get $25 off your next service call. That's 303 646 6765 or go to PiperElectric.com.
1: This is the BSN Avalanche Podcast, powered by the BSN Denver Podcast Network. To work, crisscrossing with Jost, right in, turned out by Jari. That was a one-on-two, and Jost, McKinnon, the best Avalanche coverage in Denver.
2: Hey, everybody. Welcome into the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. Before we jump into the show, I want to tell you about this really awesome deal for BSN listeners. If you didn't know by now, and considering you listen to the show every day, I know you do, Total Beverage is delivering beer, wine, and liquor to anywhere in the North Metro area from Wheat Ridge to Erie. For a limited time, Total Bev is offering $10 off a $50 purchase on their website and app. Use promo code BSN10 to save $10 off a $50 purchase for all your parties, and have it delivered to your door. Let's jump into the show. I am AJ Hafley alongside Adrian Dater today. AD, we are going. Uh, Jesse is uh, otherwise occupied on this one. It is bright and early the morning after the game. Uh, I am losing my voice from multiple days of trying to yell over loud crowds and all of that. How are you feeling this morning?
1: I feel fine. I feel fine, man. Got a good night's sleep ready to rock another day another bright day out here and joyous colorado avalanche good ship lollipop
2: land good ship lollipop land sounds like the creepiest place on the planet Mm-mm. no it's a good place but i will take your word for it pretty uh pretty impressive effort last night to be honest with you man i mean that's They come back from Calgary, coming off the emotional overtime win. They're feeling good about themselves. I talked to uh, Tyson Jost before the game yesterday, and I said, you know, you guys came back to Denver last year having to win game three in order to stay in the series. Tonight, you know, coming into tonight's game, you guys win game three this year, and now you're driving the series. You know, big difference there. And he said, oh, I can't. I can't wait. I'm so excited to play in front of this crowd. And I have to say, been to a lot of abs games in the last handful of years. That crowd was special last night.
1: Yeah, I I tweeted this morning that it was the best crowd of loudest, most engaged crowd I've heard since uh, game seven, 2001. And uh, I I'll stick by that. I mean, I think – I know Game Six against the uh, Detroit Red Wings got pretty loud in 2002. That whole series was pretty loud. Um, there were some great moments when they they beat the Wild in 2008. I do remember when uh, the final minutes or so were ticking off the clock to beat the Wild when Joe. That was the Jose Theodore series. That was mm-hmm. that was an extremely loud crowd. Uh, but this one seemed different. Uh, Maybe it was the later start that had, you know, I thought about that thing a little bit today. The later start, I think, just gives everybody a little bit more time to, you know, do what they do, rebel, uh, get ready for the game, whatnot, and uh, it just seemed like it was a, seemed like it was a, a theatrical event, the game, not just a game, not just where they roll out the pucks at seven o'clock and out they go. This was like an event. And it, it Avalanche did a nice job with the video board and all that before the game. It really, I think, pumped up. But when I really noticed the crowd was, you know, all of a sudden it just goes, let's go Avs, you know, right before they'll drop of the puck. I, I don't think I've heard that all year like that. and uh, Not like and, that. And obviously two goals to start the first 10 minutes of the game kind of amps up the crowd a little bit more. Kale McCarr making his debut, scores a goal. I mean, I think I looked over to you at one point and said, I think the roof will blow off this place. If Kale McCarr scores, sure enough, he scores. And pretty much the damn roof did blow off the place. And it got louder and louder as the game went on. You know, the chippy stuff at the end, fans are really into that, really getting into hating on Sam Bennett, Matthew Kachuk, the rest of the Flames. You know, jeering Mike Smith. It was, uh, it was quite the night of uh, loud decibel heaven at the Pepsi Center last night.
2: Yeah, it definitely got off on the right foot. Uh, the Calgary Flames put Colorado on a full two-minute five-on-three. Uh, just a handful of minutes into the game, and it took a little while, but Nathan McKinnon beat Mike Smith on the glove side again. Uh, great screen by Landeskog in front. It was obvious Smith didn't pick up pick up the puck cleanly. Um, Nathan McKinnon. I mean, what a! I mean, Boy. he scores. He scores two power play goals uh, five minutes apart in the first thirteen minutes of the first period, and Colorado is pouring on the shots on goal. They're dominating, and then the goal. You know, he the the rush up the ice. He drops it to Kale McCarr. McCarr goes five hole. It's 3 nothing. Everybody's freaking out. I remember McCarr scoring, and I just remember I go to tweet that McCarr scored, and I didn't – my the brain hadn't you know, processed like, it. Like, my brain was like, yeah. he did not seriously just do that. Yeah. Like, it was, of all the guys to score, it had to be this guy. Like, uh, this did not really just happen. And show it's, enough. It's uh... –
1: definitely a hollywood story in a way like you know the kid the natural whatever it was just out of hollywood i thought it was just uh kid gets off a plane from toronto the day before or the night before (laughs) thrown out there and uh and he does what he did he was we're gonna talk more about him in the next segment but uh Yeah, that that sequence, I mean, you know, I talked to McKinnon after the game, and, uh, you know, he was impressed by how poised McCarr was just calling for the puck. You know, apparently he was yelling,
2: three, three, three,
1: meaning I'm the third third man in. And uh, McKinnon heard that, and that's why he did drop it to him. And, uh, you know, and then McCarr was – Still trying to look around for a pass at first, I think. Uh, I think he was trying to go to McKinnon, the uh, back to McKinnon, but he decided mm-hmm. to take the shot. He kind of deeped it, uh, held, you know, just sort of with – did a little toe drag, sort of move a little bit, and boom, right through the five-hole, Mike Smith, 3 nothing lead. The, the crowd literally did go certifiably, you know. I mean, it started frothing at the mouth, I think, at that point. You can I've literally never, see froth coming from the, the mouths <laughs> because we have wise fans.
2: <laughs> I've never seen my Twitter
1: feed blow up quite like that. Geez, <laughs> Twitter was something last night, too. I mean, I don't think I've ever had so many likes on any tweets I've done. I mean, thank you for the t- likes out there, folks. But, I mean, we're talking into the hundreds of likes for tweets. Uh, very engaged Twitter audience last night, too. So, um, gosh. You know, as, I mean, you know, we've kind of gotten on the crowds at times over the years and how sort of quiet they can be, uh, you know, boy, I guess, you know, the difference, the thing is, Denver really does enjoy an event. They love drama. They love a good, you know, event that starts at a good time, maybe, and, and when they get to just get out there and and it means something. You know, maybe that's just it. The Denver fans are are discerning enough that they need a really, they need you need to prove it to them. You need to have a real damn event to to, for them to come out and really show what they can do. Uh, It would be nice to see that kind of crowd almost every night in the league, but you know that's maybe that'll happen next year. But boy, it made a difference last night. Uh, I know the players were talking about that after the game. The crowd, something they hadn't. You know, frankly, hadn't done much all year. It was like, boy, the crowd really gave us a boost. The, like, you know, you didn't hear that a lot over this year, even though I thought the crowds were fine this year. They uh, they noticed it last night. and uh, Wow. It, the, I mean, the first period just couldn't have gotten any better. Uh, it's going to be tough to replicate that, but uh, everything, everything that could go right did go right for the Colorado Avalanche last night.
2: Yeah, I mean, three nothing, uh, twenty-one to eight, all the drama, uh, twenty-one to eight and shots on goal, all the drama, all the everything. I mean, I, it was just, it was exactly what Jesse and I talked about on this podcast a few days ago about if the Avs were going to win, if if the Avs were going to do work, it had to look like that, and they did it to a team. I and mean, it was perfection. They did it. I mean, it was a great job. That first period especially was so intense. And what I really what I what I was really impressed with was there was there was so much potential for a big emotional letdown after that first period. You know, it would have been so easy to come out and kind of sit back. And they did a little bit. But <clears throat> Matt Nieto scored that shorthanded goal, made it 4-0. Even when Sam Bennett made a 4-1 just a few seconds later, it didn't matter much. Like it was still a three goal lead and, and Colorado was still feeling it. They still had the momentum. The building was more like, oh, shucks," than deflated after that goal, and the team kind of followed suit. They, yeah. I mean, it was they just kept coming it at Calgary, and they could have, I mean, they could have put up twelve on them last night. They were it really just happened. pouring on shots.
1: I mean, fifty-six shots, second most in franchise history, tied for the team record. That last time took uh, three overtimes of a playoff game. Game for yeah. Florida, 1996. Uh, Stanley Cup night win there. But, yeah, that, this took three periods. And, you know, you're right. I mean, it, it really felt like a 12-2 to game. Uh, was, <laughs> the final score did not indicate how. <laughs> Well, it's not as close as this final score would indicate. You know, 6-2 to two is a blowout, and yet yeah, that looks close to what the game really was. Uh, you know, the Avs did had a little bit of a lull. I mean, after the Flames made it 4-1, they did almost – they had a flurry where they almost put another one in. Uh, if it's 4-2 – yeah, I'm mildly concerned. You always get concerned about a big, you know, charging team of momentum, but uh, um, yeah, no, it was just you didn't really, you didn't really worry about that too much at all. You just thought, okay, this is the Avs night, no matter what. Uh, it seemed like the third period took forever, and uh, you know all the chippiness at the end, but uh, I, you know. Getting a five on three to start a game is definitely a, a good break that they got. I mean, it was it was a I forgot the first penalty, but the this, this too many men on the ice call gave them that five on three, and and that's something that you have to take advantage of in a playoff game. If you don't score yeah. on a two minute five on three, you've automatically swung momentum to the other side, and you know it went past the one minute mark. I think. And you're starting to worry a little bit. You know, they're I yeah. think, remember to clear out, too, by the Flames. Yeah. But they got back, settled down again, moved it around the horn, and uh, you. And then Mac had the great screen from Landy, put it right to Landy's left shoulder over Smith's left shoulder. <clears throat> and I think when that happened, everybody kind of calmed down and, and really settled in. And then the Flames put, stupidly put the abs back on the power play again. The Landeskog to Rantanen to McKinnon sequence was was a thing of art.
2: Yeah, uh, took advantage of a broken stick, so it was like a miniature five on three mm-hmm, again, mm-hmm. and they took advantage immediately. Yes, it opened up that passing lane. They they moved right into it, uh, and that guy uh, the 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 pass from Landeskog to Rantanen that would have been where that guy would have been. <coughs> Excuse me. And so uh, you know, that's just I mean, that's just that's smart hockey. The guy breaks a stick and he goes to the bench to grab a new one and all right, take advantage of it, and they turn yep. it into a goal. I mean, it was it was really just an impressive effort all around. I mean, fifty-six to twenty-nine shots on goal. I don't know what else to say other than that was I mean, that was just a beatdown. I mean, that's that's a beating. I mean, they laid an absolute Beating yeah, on a, the top seed in the Western it's Conference. It's Just an
1: ass whipping. That's what it was.
2: Yeah, it's it. It was really impressive. Uh, do you have any? Do you have any thoughts on the shenanigans in the third period? Kachuk, Hathaway, Ben. Well,
1: I was worried there at the end that somebody's going to get hurt. I mean, James Neal was clearly running around trying to hurt somebody, and this is what that guy does. Um, he, he the problem for him is he's so slow. That he couldn't really catch anybody, uh, but he's out there elbowing guys up near the head, trying to hit him in the head, uh, trying to slew foot guys, trying to uh, knee guys, and yeah, I was, I was really. I mean, the Flames had one thing in mind at the end, and that was to try and take as many cheap shots as they could at the abs. Um, number eighty eight, uh, what's his name, Payne. Someone I remember. What
2: Ninja party.
1: yeah, yeah yeah, whatever <clears throat> uh he was a pain, he was out there running around gooning it up, obviously Sam Bennett got tossed out of the game for you know, I don't know how many sucker punches after the whistle he had last night, but it was at least a couple I mean Matt Calvert just stood in there and took a couple cheapies for the team. he got tossed, went back and waxed his mustache, hope maybe um. And, you know, Matthew Kachuk. I mean, Matthew Kachuk to me was not not dirty out there. He, he was just trying to scrum around mostly. He did get that little tussle with Landis Gog. I mean, Matthew Kachuk, for, at least he – when he hits when he hits guys, it's not – I don't think they're always <laughs> cheap. I know he's had a couple cheap hits, though. But I didn't see him going around trying to just injure guys. I think they're guys you really got to watch out, watch out for if this thing – Gets out of hand again on uh, Wednesday is, is James Neal, you know, Bennett, and, uh, yeah, the number 88 kid. Uh, they just clearly were out there trying to trying to hurt guys. And, uh, you know, the Alves have been victimized by that kind of thing before where they sort of take it too much. You know, the old Peter Forsberg days, you'd always see, you know, Peter get hurt on something like that. Uh, you know, Richard Mathichuk. Yeah. Uh, Kirk Malpe broke his finger right before Game 7 in the 2002 series with a dirty slash. Kaminsky <clears throat> had his wrist broken one time by a dirty slash. Uh, you got to protect yourself. So I think the Avs did a good job of it last night, although I thought they still took too many little cheap shots. Uh, I thought they gave back some too. Uh, Zadarov lifting his arm like uh, Ric Flair at the end of the game was, was pretty theatrical. And uh, I liked it. And I think that was, that got under their skin nice and good. I hope. And on the the bottom line is, you know, Calgary was totally uh, outclassed outplayed and uh, they just go ahead and take that L on the way out.
2: That's right. They definitely, uh, they definitely got forced fed some embarrassment last night. And uh <laughs> Man, I I tell you, it was uh, I I mean the, I'm not accustomed to having nothing bad to say about a game. I mean, the Abs were awesome,
0: yeah.
2: and they they just straight smoked the Calgary Flames. Just,
1: just straight out, just just took their face and, and just slapped them. You know,
2: it, I mean, <laughs> it, I mean they they embarrassed them last night, and I guess if you have to if you have to worry about something, it's the fact that they beat them badly enough that. There'll be there'll be some pride involved oh, yeah. in uh, in game four. I think game four, you and I talked about this in the press box last night. We are we are of the opinion game four is going to be warfare.
1: You know, I think it'll start out as a clean hockey game, but boy, if the Avs do take another lead, then it's gonna be Cheap Shot City. Uh and then it'll be warfare, yeah. And it's gonna be a warfare game, probably from the gun, but What are they going to do to catch McKinnon, though? You know, I mean, they're going to have to play some real hockey here too. They can't just go out and play physical and say, "All right, we're going to take the body." Well, they can't catch the abs to take the body
2: right now. And if they want, it would. uh, It it might help if they had the likely Norris Trophy winning uh, defenseman on their team. Who's that? Mark Giordano. Yeah, yeah, he hasn't
1: been very good in the series, has he?
2: Yeah, no. I talked to I talked to Mac about it uh, he, before the game yesterday, and it was like they yeah, haven't really noticed him much. They haven't really had to deal with him. He hasn't made his presence known. Well, um, he's
1: thirty five years old, right? Um, he he has looked uh, slow in this series, and that and that doesn't necessarily mean that he is slow. It's just the ads are so much faster right now. Yeah. Basically.
2: And well, and the abs are going. I mean, full bore. Like they're, yeah. I mean, they're coming also, down. The ice all off. lines have some speed, and all of them, they're just getting on top of them. It's, yeah, it's like a. It's working really well right now.
1: I mean, it's like it's like you know, it's like twelve. It's like three top fuel dragsters that just got like, okay, here goes the Christmas tree, green, boom, down the down the ice. <laughs> here they come! It's like, yeah, right. oh, battle no, man, battle stations,
2: yeah, torpedo.
1: From torpedoes ahead! I mean, poor,
2: like- <laughs> I mean, Mark Giordano not 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 built for that kind of game.
1: <laughs> no, and he took a little cheap shot at somebody at the end too. I forgot who he got, but it was uh, a little cheap shot, that's for sure. Um, anyway, yeah, playoff hockey, great game. Only only counts as one game though. I <laughs> felt yep. like it could have. Felt like the series is over. It should be over, but unfortunately, they still have to win two more games, including another trip up north, over yeah. the border.
2: And so. I did talk to Kerfoot after the game last night, and he said, "Hey, look, we I said AJ, we haven't won anything, man. Oh no, you know we, uh, you know we've won a couple of games. Well, we won a couple of games in last year's series too, and we ended up going home.
1: Yeah. So but this their
2: thing- attitude is just that you know they've got to get back to work today. Yesterday was yesterday." And um, they've, got, they've got work to do. So, it, A.D., take our first break here. Yeah. All right. Before we do that, I'm going to tell you guys about your favorite game-changing coffee. Strava Craft is a CBD-enriched coffee that has really changed lives with reviews that are incredible. The CBD-infused coffee has taken away long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS. It's helped decrease anxiety. You name it. CBD is all-natural and not psychoactive coffee is rich and tasty. We couldn't recommend it more to our listeners. Check it out for yourself today and receive 20% off when you use promo code BSN2019 at checkout. And you'll get it shipped straight to your door. We are the BSN Avalanche Podcast. We will be right back. Welcome back in. Segment number two here of the BSN Avalanche Podcast. You guys already know who's on the show. I'm going to skip all the pleasantries, all the nonsense. Let's just get right into this. Adrian, what we saw last night from kill McCarver was pretty special. It certainly was, man.
1: I mean, look. um, It's a fascinating story because here's the thing. I don't know if the ads ever will fully admit this or not, but you know, like I asked Jared Bednar yesterday at the skate. I think you were sitting right there with me.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: If Sam Gerard is not hurt, do you mm-hmm. still play Cam McCarr? And I think there was a little bit of a hitch there in Bednar's start of the answer. And uh, from talking to his agent yesterday, uh, I think BSN was the first outlet to talk to his agent and get the details on that. Uh, how that contract went down. Talking to uh, Scott Bartlett, um, the injury to Gerard greatly accelerated the process of signing McCar and playing McCarr. Um, I think there's a chance AJ that they they I think they were going to sign him, but I don't I'm not sure they wanted to play him. Um. Don't forget burning a ELC is not the worst thing in the world to happen to, for a team where you know you get to market quicker to get that next deal. I think they yeah. want that. I mean why not why not get to set your market three years from now instead of four years from now? Um, contract wise, the market goes up every year, seemingly, so yeah, but I'm not sure they really would have played it because of the expansion thing. And because they would have worried that it's too much of a jolt to the to a roster that's playing well at that time, and you know we got to sit out somebody, Sam Gerard, You know he's we don't want to take him out, obviously. But when he had to go out, couldn't play. Perfect, you know scenario to well. We got to play him now. We need him. So it all just happened very serendipitously. And now there's like, <laughs> I mean, I hate just- to. You don't. You don't say. I'm glad Sam Gerard got hurt, but for sure, maybe it was a good thing that Sam Gerard missed one game, and maybe hopefully
2: that's all it is. We'll see about tomorrow. Yeah. Well, it definitely yeah. feels like we can't take McCarr out now. Not after that. No,
1: you can't take him out now. Now you've got like <laughs> now you've got a like thoroughbred out there who you know clearly showed he can hang with the big boys already last night. Now. I'm sure he was playing on adrenaline and all, a lot of that stuff, but you know, you know, you and I know, and everybody else saw him play. Those skills aren't going to just go away. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. His, his edges and his p- skating and his ability to just, you know, handle pucks and do what he does with intelligence. I don't think it's going to go away. It was not a, uh, wasn't a thing where it's just, you know, he's playing all on emotion and, and uh, just had one of those, you know, great, fortunate nights. No, he's, he's, a, he was the fourth overall pick two, two years ago. He's, he's got a ton of talent. Everybody knew it. Now he's showed it in, in his first game. Uh, I will be always. I will be interested to see if, if maybe the Avs someday when maybe it paycheck five years for them to admit it. But they're like, damn, we weren't even going to play him. You know, they might, <laughs> they may have to admit that at some point. Uh, cause you know, the expansion thing is a, is a worry in a sense, but yeah, it's going to be a uh, thing. Like it's going to matter. I mean, it's, it's now it is going to be a sense where they have to protect them. And, and, uh, you know, if you looked at the roster now, who do you protect, who do you expose out of that group of defensemen?
2: I'm, uh, I'm, I don't want to do this. Yeah. All it's, right. Well, it's just, it's just so much can change in two years. Right. We don't know what they're going to do with Tyson Berry, and that's really yeah. a big X factor there, yeah. because yeah. Um, you Boy. know if you have Berry, Gerard, and 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 McCarr, those are the three guys you probably protect.
1: Yeah. Oh. Well. Yeah. I know. I guess yeah. Oh, I'd hate to lose Big Z though. I mean, after I just think Big Z showed his real worth last night too. Um, oh, it definitely did physically and just you know that that team wanted to go out and cheap shot the ass all night big z comes in and just kind of gave the smelly glove to uh to the to the number 21 dude was it hathaway and uh yeah smoked him down to the ground and then he gives it rick flair leaving the audience that was uh, a good time i just uh McCarthy um you know he did move around a lot i've I know you keep a little more track of who he plays with, who plays with who. Sometimes, so he started off with Nemeth looked a little slow at first. I thought not slow, but just little, little tentative. Reserve, and uh, you know it all changed on that goal. I mean, where he's well, there was a sequence before that where he uh, he almost came in on a two-on-one. Um, he had a burst of speed through the neutral zone, and we were all like, "Ooh!" We kind of looked at yeah. each other like, "Ooh!" That was and where I, did that really come was, from,
2: eh?
1: And the goal was was special and, and we talked about how it developed. Uh you may be doing a film room later on that goal. I hope I hope we get to see that. And uh, I, like, I would say that's I, likely. It's just a, you know, now it's now it's reality. Now you've got McCarr. now he fits into every every scheme of yours and boy does he make that second power play. Unit better. Here's my question, AJ. Does he in fact replace Gerard on the second PP if and when Gerard does come back even? I'd keep them. I'd i play should... both of them. Yeah. Well, there's they're lefty righty, so I mean that's that, that could that could work well. Uh I don't want to take Makar off that second PP because he you know, he clearly has that patience with the puck and the blue line. You know, Gerard. Gerard doesn't have as much pure patience with the puck. What he has is the spinorama. Well, he doesn't have these I don't think he has the strength to sort of sort of muscle by people in the blue line, unless he does the spinorama. He's a little weaker on his stick. It looks like than the car. You know, so I I want that right, especially that righty shot on the PP. Uh, he was. Yeah, I, I was impressed with his defensive play too you know he we've heard about yeah. how he's a little weak in the corners and stuff but he really what he did in all year in umass was he worked on just uh more positioning trying to angle guys off on the boards you could see that last night he he knew how to angle guys uh off the off the puck and and not let them get past him and uh it was it was an a plus effort from Kale McCar uh for his first game that's that's for damn sure
2: yeah the uh the iq that he showed last night really is one of those things where you say you know you love the skating you love the speed you love him flying up ice with the puck and all that but it's always going to you know how does he take care of his own zone and he acclimated himself very nicely last night uh he looked comfortable he had two block shots big block shots in the same sequence um <clears throat> really, I just I couldn't have been much more impressed to be honest with you than than I walked out of that night feeling like this kid is something else. you know this is this is a special player who just had a special night and it's just beginning. I mean there's there's obviously gonna be adjustments they're gonna be tough nights. He's not gonna score every night, but <clears throat> the process that he put out there, I mean that was that was really really impressive. I don't know about what they would like to do with the lineup moving forward any of that um you gotta play him if Gerard is healthy you gotta play him too. he's way too good to sit yeah. um but i i was <laughs> i couldn't have been more impressed i just i it was a fun debut and I mean you I mean, know, I've spent a lot of time talking him up and telling people this is a special kid. This is a special kid. You guys just don't <clears throat> you the Tyson Joe's thing has, has burned some people, right? Where they got excited about him and it's been a slower transition for him. And so they're all very, oh, they're gonna, you know, the abs are just rushing Makar and they're in too big of a hurry. They're not, they're, you know, they're, they're not caring about what they need to be caring about. I think last night showed that they were right in, in saying this kid can play at this level. He belongs here. And we're, we're going to just see what happens. And I think that this, it's, it's strange to me that there's, this feeling amongst some of the fan base, right? That that this is not a Stanley Cup winning year, therefore it doesn't matter. Well, you I, know, yeah, I think the I think the hope is starting to build a little bit more on that. Well, and 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 I mean, even if the abs I mean, the abs have not won a playoff run since two thousand eight, I know. You know, and so it, to me, I'm sitting here thinking. How in the world is it meaningless for them to? They got to the playoffs last year. They got to the playoffs this year. Then potentially win a round. Where do they go next year? You know they're going to go into the summer. They're going to have more money to spend than they're probably going to realistically know what to do with. You know they're going to be guys out there that can come in and help this team get better. Fred man. You know they've they've still got. Oh my god! Don't it's. His it's, agent, too, it's too. His it's too early there. for this podcast to get that pornographic, sir.
1: His agent was at the game last night, by the way. Yeah, uh, yeah. Are oh, they going to have oodles of money to spend? Poor
2: Nathan McKinnon.
1: He's partly responsible for his underpaid contract.
2: It's just. It's just a world where. This is just things are just getting going for world Colorado. of rainbows and lollipops right now, AJ. I mean I mean it really is. Like it's hard to feel I guess I'm having a hard time feeling bad about much of anything. It's like and it's like the, I got
1: it's like Dorothy, the Tin Man, the lion, and the scarecrow all walking down the yellow brick road right now, singing we're going follow the yellow brick road. I mean that's what it feels like to me. Just put Nathan McKinnon in the straw hat. Put Gabe Landiscog in the Tin Man outfit, put Kale McCarr as the as the lion. And uh, Dorothy, I don't know who we make Dorothy, but just put, on, put, some, put a Dorothy dress on some some player and sing. We're going down the Yellow Brick Road, and that's it.
2: Definitely Barry. <laughs>
1: I could. <laughs> I'm gonna tell him he said that. No, he's got, I... he's, got the, he's got the he's got the
2: he's got the curls to pull it he off, does man. I... The
1: curls. He doesn't have the curls. I'm Dice telling Joseph, you. has a couple of curls too, but yeah. Oh, <laughs> Joseph
2: would work too. Yeah. I think
1: Barry is the, uh, yeah, the 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 uh, Judy Garland. Uh... <laughs> well, let's not get too weird here. But
2: <laughs> I think I think see I think we need feedback here because we're doing this off the top of our head. I think you guys listening in, uh, you guys need to let us know who would be the Dorothy of this. Of this yeah, group.
1: let's do a podcast. Answer session on the on the pod here. Who would be Dorothy on the Yellow Brick Road to go see the Wizard of Oz? <laughs> oh, that's what it feels like, though, man. I mean, the Witch, witch in the West now has what's water thrown on her. She's melting. She's melting. And it's our time to have the Yellow Brick Road, man. It's our time to have rainbows and little little gnomes singing about us and stuff, and you know, whatever. You know, it's time to eat. I've always it's time wanted to eat. no one wow. to sing about me. <laughs> so, you know, let's enjoy this, man. We'll let's have some fun. I mean, is there any team in the West that truly scares you right now as an opponent for the to go to the Cup Finals? Anybody? Um, Vegas, Vegas. Yeah, Vegas is good, but you know,
2: yeah, Vegas is
1: good, but yeah,
2: yeah. That's Another it. That's, that's the only team that, I you mean, you know, a,
1: we've got a shot against Vegas. It would be a very tough series, but.
2: Well, yeah. and the Avs, the Avs played them well this year. Like, the Avs, I mean, they they played yeah. really good games against Those each other. In games
1: slogs, though, against them. Yeah, you're right. They're tough games. You know, they're so, they've got a lot of, they can skate with the Avs, too. You know, so but anyway, we're getting ahead of ourselves on that. I got two more games against Calgary. Oh yeah,
2: I mean, let's let's be honest. They still have a lot of work to do. Yeah. to get out of this first round. Yeah. They're, up, they're up two one, not three nothing. Not you know, they don't have this huge lead. Yeah, we could just as easily two days from now be sitting down and doing the same podcast and talking about
1: panic. We're going up to Calgary, tied two I've right. got the home ice back. And now, exactly. You know, now their barn is going to be fired up, yelling and screaming, and and we're in the hole again. I know, I know, it's not at all, at all over at all. Uh, You know, it was close to being two nothing series. I mean, they're two minutes away from going down two nothing the other night in Calgary. They were yeah. a Michael. <laughs> Furley, they were a Michael Furley tap in away from losing in overtime. Uh, of course, they were. You know, I talked to McKinnon about that last night, and he was like, "Yeah, well, it's true, but we should have, we could have easily won Game One too. You know, yeah. we could have been up, been nothing coming back here. So, you know, kind of all evens out. Uh, I think the score, series score, is what it should be.
2: I agree. Uh, I think the Avs definitely played. Were I think they were the better team in Games Two and Three. Um, <clears throat> the Flames, uh, they they played better when when it mattered most in Game One and because it was nothing nothing in that first game, you know, it didn't really matter that the Avs were the better team through the first half.
1: Do, do you expect to see Mike Smith back for game four? I one hundred percent do. Yeah, I yeah. was listening to another radio station last night after I'll leave a name blank, but it was like, Oh, we're gonna see Riddich now. It's gotta be Riddich. You know, it's gotta I be guaranteed Mike Smith will be benched after that game. First of all, Mike Smith played pretty damn good last night. Yeah. And second of all, David Riddich may be very well, much hurt, which apparently escaped the host's attention on that segment. And uh yeah, I fully expect to see Mike Smith back in the game as well.
2: Yeah, uh, well, and they gave him uh they gave him the option last night. They talked to him after the second period and said, Hey, uh do you yeah. wanna do you wanna come out of here or do you wanna finish right. this off? And he said, No, I'm I wanna I wanna play. Yeah. No, and no, so if no, they're no. if they're giving him that kind of trust already to just decide whatever he wants to do.
1: I mean, the man made, uh, you know, 50 saves last night. Right. <laughs> it wasn't like he was bad. Everybody's yeah. like, oh, Mike Smith got exposed. Yeah, not really. One was a five-on-three goal. Another was a PP goal. Yeah. You know, another was a stupid shorthand muff by uh, whoever was on the Calgary Power Play at the time, letting Ian Cole have, like, two two-on-ones. Yeah.
2: Right, two Ian Cole breaks, which what, <laughs> uh, and then and, well, and then the only the only goal that you could really be like, he'd probably really really like to have that back is the McCargo. Yeah, yeah, you know that, McCargle, um that five even, hole from right there. I didn't
1: yeah. even see the Eric Johnson goal,
2: so um, yeah, still haven't seen it. You might have wanted that one back too. I mean, it's a it's a tip. In yeah. front, so, where it just slipped in, it just slipped uh, in, in between his legs. But uh,
1: while Mike Mike Smith was good, fifty saves, you know, he was clearly not in the heads of the Avalanche players at all. Like he may have been for a half millisecond after Game One. Uh, well, and
2: you also notice the big thing. You know, he was he, he was really feeling himself early in Game Two. Yeah. He'd had to shut out in yeah. game one, and he was venturing out of the net. He was yeah. playing pucks. Yeah. He was throwing these three-line passes. You notice none of that was going on last night. Yeah, some of that. Whatever was whatever he was doing to feel himself and think, oh, yeah, this is yeah. – I'm Mike Smith, and I'm, I'm here to do work and yeah. watch me handle this puck, and I'm a third defenseman back here. Yeah. And he had stuff. enough to, to worry about last night that he put that – he put that back in the bag.
1: He still did a few Statue of Liberty saves, but yeah, I think his puck handling slowed down a little bit more since after he shot that puck in the stands in uh, the third period of Game Two. Uh, you know, we saw Mike Smith's uh, uh, liability sometimes there with the puck when he did that. That was a that was a pretty key sequence, I thought, because it helped the Avs get some some momentum back in that game. Uh, yep, it's uh it's all there, but it's, you got to do it. I mean, we've seen abs teams before with two, one leads and somehow let it slip in game four. I remember the two series against Dallas where they just smoked Dallas in game three. This series is over. Dallas can't skate with these guys. And all of a sudden, boom, it's two, two going back to Dallas. So,
2: yeah, let's talk, let's talk more about game four, what to look for, what kind of adjustments need to be made, what we expect to, to see those types of things here in the next segment. Uh, We'll dump out of this one, pay some bills first. So I've got to tell you guys about a great partner of ours, the Green Solution, which has 17 Colorado locations and an express checkout to get you in and out as fast as possible. Get on your phone right now. Go to their website, mygreensolution.com. Order your flower concentrates, edibles, and topicals online and head to the closest Green Solution for pickup. Use promo code BSN20 for 20% off your entire purchase i'm aj hatefully he's adrian dater we are the bsn avalanche podcast presented by total bev welcome back in the third and final segment here of today's bsn avalanche podcast i'm aj He's adrian we are us ad how's life dude
1: uh you know life's okay a little bit of uh i don't know i've been a little uptight i guess the last couple days so, so hopefully.
2: Well, you've been working like a maniac. I mean, in Calgary, you come straight home. It all
1: goes back to sleep with me. If I don't get enough sleep, I get very aggro. Um, so I've been a little, little jumpy, you know. But uh, little, uh, little things bother me too when I get uh, lack of sleep. Like things irritate me more than they should. So, uh but no, I'm good, man. Today's a new day. a Nice sunny day. Uh, you might hear some banging in the background. Uh, there are some workers in this house right now, as we speak, uh, putting in some new flooring in our, our crib. So shout out to workers down there tearing up our house and, uh, you know, guys got the tool belts on and everything. They got the dusty, you know, coveralls and it's uh, it's a good time here. Hopefully that doesn't interfere with the podcast.
2: I haven't big, heard any of it so far, so I'm not too worried.
1: How's life for uh, the big guy over there, man?
2: Uh, you know, man, I can't complain. Uh, covering a playoff team and and watching, watching things that I have been, <clears throat> I have been preaching to people that this is going to be different. That this is a different group. That there's more talent in this group, and there's a different mindset, and that this is a group worth believing in long term and that 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 guy running around on Twitter with that same old avs hashtag makes me want to punch him in the damn face every time i see it because i just i just believe in my bones this is a different group and this is the beginning of what's going to be a very competitive period of time for the avalanche as an organization where they're going to have some special talent on hand they're going i mean nathan mckinnon is a damn superstar and it's going to be, this is, you know, I'm, I'm not saying they're going to win a Stanley Cup. I don't know that. So many things have to go right to win 16 playoff games. Oh, yeah. I mean, so many things have to go right. You have to get good matchups. You have to get good goaltending. You have to stay healthy. You have to overcome all the obstacles that are going to crop up in your way. You've got to deal with everything. You've got you've to gotta, you've gotta weather all those storms. So I'm not sitting there and saying any of that. But I just feel like this is the beginning. This is truly the beginning of what is going to be an era that we remember. Last night is a game that I think everybody is going to remember. I can't tell you much about the specifics of any of the games against Nashville last year outside of game five, where they scored with the kicked puck and the Hamburglar and they yeah. yeah, have scored twice in the last few minutes. I can't really tell you much about the series. Like I can tell there's, you, like little no, things.
1: There's no comparison to that series. In this series, they never had the right. puck last year. Nashville was clearly better. The Alps are just happy to be there. <clears throat> they stole. A, they won a good game at home. The game three, they deserved it. They were better. Really, Nashville was better in every other game. They did sneak out that win in game five. The memorable game five with the Hamburglar, Yep, Van Andrew ghetto the. Guts all over the place. Goal. And then they come back and lose what four nothing, or was it six nothing? Can't remember. They got. Uh, shot it was, I think it was. I think it was five nothing. Five nothing. Yeah. Um, no comparison. This is a different team. This is a better team, a faster team, a deeper team. Uh, all those things. It's. Uh, geez, don't forget. I mean, we got the number four pick. Um, I will tell you what. Not to get off topic. I was talking to—I won't mention his name. I was talking to a very well-known NHL analyst, though, yesterday at the rink pre-game skate. I'm like, so did Diaz really? You know, are they? Did they get screwed? Not getting Jack Hughes now. I mean, is this just gonna kill him. And he's like, eh, I don't know. He, he compared. It, he said, eh, I think this is more of a Clayton Keller type of player than a. Uh, yeah. So I'm like, mm, Clayton Keller, huh? Um. Maybe the Avs didn't miss the boat so much, not getting Jack Hughes, and maybe they'll come out with another gem at number four, just like they did with Cale McCarr when they got allegedly screwed in that draft too. That's more of a topic for the draft podcast, but just saying, yeah, there's a lot to look forward to now, but people forget they still got two picks in the top 16 coming up.
2: Well, and also mention I ran into the guy they picked 16th last night in the, in the arena, Martin Couch hanging around. Yeah. Yep, Martin Cow. You know, so let's not forget. Like, there's still some oh, guys. We got Breadman coming,
1: so yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Come on, I'm telling
2: you, they're gonna make a run of the Breadman. <laughs> Come on now, let's let's Breadman or Skinner. All I all I want to do is just talk about the fact that this is a this is a team that is. They're up two one in this series. They're in the driver's seat right now against the Calgary Flames. Tomorrow is huge. I think tomorrow probably ultimately determines the series. Well, if Colorado wins tomorrow, I think they ultimately will take the series. If Calgary wins tomorrow, I mean, it's it's not hard to say, okay, well Calgary wins tomorrow, regardless of how it happens, they go back to they go back to Calgary, they've got the momentum, they're going to have a crazy crowd of their own. They're going to have all the energy and all of that. It would not be hard for them to channel that into a, into a win and then They've got home ice advantage even if it even if they don't come back to Denver and do it in 6, they've got home ice for game 7. It just it just seems like if Colorado's going to win this series, they've got to get it. They they've got to win tomorrow. I mean, they don't it's not a must win because there's it still would be 2-2 yeah. two, two going into the final 3, but it sure feels like that's how you're going to upset the top seed.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I even if they lose tomorrow, I I'm not going to panic. I think, you know, even and even if they lose game five, you know, they come back home, win game six, and then it's – I'm always comfortable in a game seven, you know, especially on the road where you're – well, I know the road team usually loses a game. Uh, somehow I wouldn't – I just feel okay. I mean, I do still feel like it's important for the Avs to have kind of an underdog mentality because they have not won a round in 10 years, 11 years. They cannot get ahead of themselves thinking they're the biggest thing since sliced bread and the Beatles. Uh, They've got to just remind themselves that, hey, we're playing the number one team. They had more points than us. They're favored. We haven't won squat. We won one game on our home ice last night with a storybook kid coming out of, you know, central casting. And that's it. And that team's got pride over there and they're going to come out really hard and they're, they're the favorites still. So I think that's important to, to just keep that mentality going because the second this team, you know, not to get negative here, but this team has had a lot of little times at th- times over the years where you think, aha, you know, we're back. We've got a great team. We're going to, we're on the the future is goal. We're on the yellow brick road. And they let up somehow. They take the foot off the gas. It doesn't seem like this, this group right now will be, take a foot off the gas necessarily. I mean, I think they're going to come up flying no matter what. They may be beaten by a hot goalie or great great goal by Johnny Gaudreau or something. But the fact is, you can't go into tomorrow just you know thinking the series is over. It is not over at all. Um You could have all kinds of bad things happen and boom, you're back in the tie game, tie series with them going back home. And then their fans get really into it too. And their fans can get into it in Calgary. Uh, So there you go. Just stay fumble, stay humble, keep working. Don't get ahead of yourself. They'll be fine if they do that.
2: I will pass that message along in the locker room today. Tell them that Nader said that. uh, I'll say AD says that you guys need to just stay humble and keep... Tell
1: them AD, you know, Coach AD told you guys this, and then you guys can all go home now.
2: I mean, that would be really entertaining, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The...
1: What do you think they should do with the lineup if Gerard can come back?
2: Um Well, it's it's not just Gerard, it's Gerard and Broussard. Right? Right. Well, let's talk about Brouss-
1: Gerard first since that's the
2: most, you know, because it to me it seems like To me, I think the eleven forward, seven defenseman lineup makes the most sense to to work Makar to get him into advantageous situations, uh, to do, you know, whatever whatever you kind of want to do with him. He played twelve minutes of even strength time last night, he had a couple of power play minutes. Um It seems to me like that's you know That's that's the safe way to go about it is to to rock that. 7-D lineup and, and kind of be careful with it, right? Who's the forward who sits? Well, and I would say it's Bork. Hmm. Um, But, well, I would say Andrew Ghetto. From last night's lineup, it's Andrew Ghetto. But if Broussard gets, if, say Broussard takes Andrew Ghetto's place, then it becomes Bork. But that's not to say that Bork hasn't played really well in this series. I yeah. think he's been good. And I think he was good down the stretch at the end of the season, too. I think that he and Jost have uh, created a little fourth-line havoc uh, that that the Avs were really, I mean, so badly needed because their fourth line was just so irrelevant for so many nights during the regular uh, no, season. I mean, Sheldon Dries and all that crew, yeah. It just didn't work. And so it just, you know, seeing them have success the way that it is, I think it would be a temptation to just leave him, right? And say, maybe maybe we just don't play Broussard. It's not, I don't think Broussard has been particularly good. I don't think that he is necessarily a slam dunk. Well, you got to put this guy back in the lineup. He just, in his time in Colorado, he just really hasn't earned it. Um, but I also think that on any given night, the upside of Derek Broussard and the upside of Gabriel Pork are just not in the same category. Yeah
1: might disagree somewhat though i i think they should still stick with 12-6 i think they should just you know play carb sit in Emeth, you know uh nothing against Nemeth's play really but i don't know if i want seven demon try to you know play sort of musical chairs out there and and maybe you know you know your forward lines are stretched a little too thin uh, i i think that uh you know Lakar put him with Cole. Z with Barry. If Gerard's back, obviously with with Eric. And uh, and and that's a pretty damn good top six to me. I don't know if I need to mess around with Nemeth having to be out there too. Uh, yeah. So I, I think I'm gonna well, I'm gonna dis- I'm gonna disagree there. I think they should do the twelve and six and just uh, play a conventional game. I think they're gonna still you know they need a Ford. Who could who couldn't get out there and contribute? It's a tough, tough thing to ask forwards in the NHL playoff games to you know have to play extra shifts and whatnot. So I'm gonna I'm gonna that's my prescription. That's my prediction that will happen if those guys are healthy.
2: I will say though that uh, the biggest thing that you could argue for Nemeth is the penalty kill, and the penalty kill is the only thing for the EVs in this series that hasn't worked in any of the games. Well,
1: you know, hasn't Nemeth been out there too for some of that?
2: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. And so, you if if that's the biggest thing you're saying, oh, well, Nemeth needs to be in because of the penalty yeah. kill. Well, the penalty kill is giving up a goal in every game. Yeah. I know. But, yeah. You know, technically, Calgary's uh, power play was one for six last night. But, I mean, how many power plays were there where it was like, oh, this one is only 12 seconds long because they kept taking penalties on top of penalties on top of penalties? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I- so... I just I think just thinking McCarr and Cole too, that would be a nice pairing. I mean, you got the mean ass Cole back there and McCarr can can do what
2: he does. I mean, I think Ian Cole's been a stud this series. I, I he had a rough start to last night, but he certainly picked it up. Yeah. Uh I mean he ended up with uh he ended up with two assists, he had two shots on goal, two hits, five block shots, and just under twenty one minutes played. yeah He was a I thought he was beast last night. After after the early game mishaps, which were definitely... uh, Yeah, people forget. Calgary
1: went on the power play in the scoreless game because of that cross-check by Cole, I know, but yep, yeah, I know it. Then he comes out of the box and almost scores. It's, uh... Yeah, we'll see, but I, uh... I don't know, Gerard. We'll see if he's even gonna play. Maybe they maybe they rest Gerard a little more now, though, to say, all right, just let's keep what we did last night going. <laughs> Sam, you are gonna get more rest now, whether you want it or not.
2: Uh, yeah, I do think that that would. I do think that Macar uh, acclimating himself the way that he did last night gives them the option where they say, hey, maybe maybe Gerard can take an extra game. That's what I am saying. You know, maybe we can get away with this. Yeah, so I was
1: saying so. I think that's very possible and might be a smart thing to do, actually. So um, if Sam wants to go and he's ready to go, then he should play. But, you know, obviously he was hurting after that hit and uh, couldn't play last night. So what what harm would, you know, another couple days rest do?
2: Yeah, I mean, for sure. Like the the, the harm is you lose game four and you don't know how much of – You don't know how much of a difference Sam Gerard will make on any given night. Um, I mean, he's a hell of a player. So it's a, it's a fair expectation that it's not, it's it's not negligible. Yep. But I, I hope we see him back. Uh, You know, I'm heading to practice here in a little bit by the time you guys listen to this, you'll already know uh, the update on Gerard for tomorrow, which will probably be from Jared Bednar. He's getting further evaluated. He's day-to-day. We'll see how he feels in the morning, and we'll decide if he plays tomorrow uh, based on how he feels in the morning, and today was a total waste of time. So that's kind of how they go with the injuries, especially in the postseason. AD, any final thoughts here on last night, today, tomorrow, the future, the universe?
1: Well, the universe, uh, there is a black hole that's sucking everything out of it, so uh, get your... Get your good times in before that black hole sucks us all in, I guess. Did you see that? We talked if anybody hadn't seen the picture, they actually shot the first picture of a black hole recently uh, the other day, uh, the first time ever that's been seen. So it's quite a fearsome looking thing. Five billion times the size of a sun just sucking everything in its path, and we don't know where it happens to it all. So, so that's my thoughts on the universe as far as the avalanche just uh, don't don't get too high don't come don't expect anything to go the way it did the way in game three game three was a unicorn game uh, game four is probably gonna be more a conventional playoff game where it's gonna be a tough tight game where they're gonna have to make a big big play somewhere at the end and everybody's mm-hmm. just gonna have to to, to, to accept that um, or on the other hand maybe they come out and smoke Calgary with three goals and it's over right away I can see that happening too I think it's gonna be a closer game. If the Avs just, you know, skate and don't get playing into Calgary's trap of going back and forth with Matthew Kachuk and Sam Bennett, and not stop taking, not start taking stupid penalties, uh, I think they win the game.
2: Uh, okay, well, we'll see. Uh, you know, we'll see how all that plays out. We will uh, check back in tomorrow. I'm not sure what our schedule totally looks like, but we will definitely have a podcast, of course. That does it for us on this show. So this is the, you know, this is this is the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Bev. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.